Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Therese Paler Show this week. Therese Paler, national football writer for Yahoo Sports and Hall of Fame voter. It's a privilege always following the great Mitch Holtis doing this broadcast. Therese, good evening, my friend. Big, my man. Great to be back on with you, man. How you doing? It's great, man. I'm like, I like, I'm on chase fever, you know. I'm loving football season here. Rate one. It's the bye week. It's time to, you know, kick up a little bit, watch the... What would Patrick Mahomes say? Watch a little Masters this weekend, you know, just to <laughs> kind of enjoy ourselves, watch the other games? That's right. That's right. And we know he'll be watching his golf, and he's earned a little bit of a break because he has played extremely premium football over the first two months of the season, hasn't he? No, he really has, Trez. You know, I was looking at these numbers. I mean, it's unbelievable what they've done, Trez. When you think about the last couple of weeks, what they've done. I mean, it's for, for him, nine touchdowns and 788 yards. I get it. One of those games was against the Jets, but still it's an NFL team. They're on scholarship too. Hill, 13 <laughs> catches for 211 yards, four touchdowns. Kelsey, 18 for 268. He's now third in the entire NFL in receiving. He's second in the AFC, just what, 44 yards behind Stephon Diggs. So in last year, he finished number one in the AFC in receiving yards, and people don't even realize that. Yeah, you know what? Um, it, what you're seeing is a great football team, and I do hope fans here like appreciate it because you know fans in other cities might go their whole life without ever seeing um, a team um, run as well as this and play as well as this. <clears throat> Lions fans, um, you know they, they just all of it works, man. Like all of it works. The coaching. The roster's loaded, and then there's like a drive to be great, and it is really, really rare. And I don't just say this stuff because I live here. You know, in fact, I don't say it because I live here at all. Um, I just say it because I have to watch a lot of football for my job. And, you know, what is here is very rare. It's very special, and it's really cool to get a front row seat of it every single week. 
No question about it, and Therese, and I look at the Matt Rule. Let's look at how he coached mm. that game. And we've talked a lot about it, how teams are approaching the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You know, that four-man front pressure from the Chargers. They did a great job, you know, with Ingram and Bosa and Tillery. And I felt the Raiders did a good job on that as well. It's not about the sacks. It's about the pressure right. from the front four. We've seen people do different things. We saw, like, Wink Martindale with a different approach. Obviously, the blitz approach. Sean mm-hmm. McDermott, a little bit of a different of approach. But – we haven't seen the aggressiveness except for John Gruden, because I will give him credit by throwing down the field against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. going forward on fourth and one at the 45-yard line at the end of the game, knowing full well if he gives that ball back to Mahomes, they can win. Teams are learning. They're le- Some of them are. Some of them are being smart. But I felt Matt Rule's game plan by going forward on fourth down all those times, three for three, yes. the fake punt, yes. he's finally getting it. This is what the Chiefs are going to be yes. seeing. And, and you know, here so here's the deal, right? I, I I feel like all these teams like generally knew, like except the Ravens, like, you know, in the Jets. Like God bless them. We didn't talk about that last game, you know, but like like they were generally just gonna say, okay, here's the four man rush. We got to get home with that. We'll play the pressure. But like, there's another whole part of this, which is that offensively, to keep this team off the field, you have to be able to control the clock by converting first downs and taking some selective shots and and creating some extra possessions. And I really feel like Matt Rule threw the kitchen sink at the Chiefs as a kind of statement to say, hey, you know, I'm in year one of my program and we're like right here with these guys. You know, I've said it pretty consistently last week, both on Carrington's show, Carrington and Sean's show, um, you know, Bob's show. Bob and Josh's show, I said it regularly. Hey, you know, the Panthers are really well coached, Bink. You know, I, again, I got to watch these games and like they're in every game and it's close. And I'm telling you, just they're not that talented. <laughs> you know, uh, offensively, they got some really good players, but defensively, they're really young. You know, and their defense wasn't great last year and they're playing all these kids and they're still right there. So, I thought it was a statement game in a way, even though they lost for Matt Rule and his program, they're going to be um, a team to reckon with in the NFC in the near future. And I'm also really impressed with Kansas City for winning this game anyway, because, you know, I don't I, look, even though the Chiefs brought out Ferrari, right? You know, <laughs> I, I don't get the sense that Andy was necessarily calling all the premium stuff. Um, I, I think some of the coverage dictated some of the targets to Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. But um, the fact they still won a game like this when the Panthers were clearly giving their all is a really good sign because it doesn't always work out like that. And this is the scariest thing, Therese, is like I always liken it to play. You ever play poker? You ever play oh, Texas Hold'em? I love it. Okay, I do too. Whenever you play somebody that's good, you feel more confident because you're not going to do anything stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not going to. They're not going to be a little crazy. They're not going to be aggressive. But you play somebody that hasn't played very often. They might sit there with that two seven and keep pushing all the way and might get seven seven on the turning river. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I feel like the Chiefs are going to see from teams going forward. Teams that have nothing to lose willing to do anything against the Chiefs, and that's always a scary proposition like what we saw from the Panthers. Yeah, and and that's got to keep you on your game, right? That's got to keep you sharp. I think you agree with that. You know, you got to you got to you got to stay into it, right? Um the Raider loss was a reminder that you can get beat in this league when you don't play well enough to win. Um 
because they're better than the Raiders, and we're about to see that in a couple weeks. Like, bet the over, guys. Just, okay, <laughs> like they're better. They're better than the Raiders, but um, you know, I I think that game showed them like, man, even like the Raiders can come to our house and beat us if we don't play to our level, like our base level, right? And I don't think they play horribly per se, but they didn't play like their base to their base level. So, um, you know, teams are definitely going to be hitting, you know, on, they're, they're going to be going on, you know, two and seven. Like they're, they're going to be drawing, you know, they're going to be calling on stuff. And I think, um, I think as long as you are conscious of that and you bring that intensity every week, more often than not, if they do that, it will come back to bite them. The only time it gets you is when you get too cocky or too full of yourself. But I, I don't know about you, Bing, but I just I, I think this team does a pretty good job keeping that in check. Yeah, they've got to keep themselves in check. And we'll talk about the running game later, but I do have a question about it. Joe Brady's obviously the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. for, for for the Panthers, and I think this guy is going to go a long way. He was oh, the he'll passing be a head coach sooner rather than yeah, later. Yeah, I mean, he was the passing game coordinator at LSU. He had Jamar yep. Chase and Justin Jefferson and all that. But he yeah. also, and I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a running back for him, but he had over 50 catches last year. The mm-hmm. only SEC running back ever to have 1,000 rushing and 50 receiving. Joe Brady knows Clyde well. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of an under-talked about thing. Like, he knew his tendencies. He knew it well. I think I've seen the Jets and the Panthers try more against the Chiefs' run game, and the Chiefs were not having it, and the Chiefs have made the adjustments in the passing game, and I single-handedly think the Jets and the Panthers have put Mahomes back in the MVP conversation. I do, too. Because you know what? You're going to stop the run? Okay, we'll let Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, the best player in the NFL, go win games. Hell, 788 yards and nine touchdowns the last two weeks, Trez. I would I would much rather let Clyde Edwards E. Lair and Le'Veon Bell eat against me. But I, I'll say this, too. Like, it's when you're a football coach – like this, a it's a pride thing. It's a macho thing. You don't want a team just running the ball for five yards a pop. Like you don't want that. It's it's a kind of like a tough thing to kind of come to grips with. But I think you know it, it's a choice you should be making against an offense like this because I'd much rather see the ball in Le'Veon Bell's hands and Clyde Edwards Elair's hands than Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and these guys. I I but but I also want to say this too. I think. And I'll just be candid here. I I think the Panthers game plan was a better one than the Jets defensively. Right. Like I thought. No question. Yeah. They took some of their I thought they took some of their, you know, they took a few gambles. Right. But generally, if you watch, I think some of the third down snaps, I tried to pay attention to this. Like they were rushing four. think, you know, they weren't these weren't reckless blitzes like they were rushing four. But they but you're right. They did do some things on early downs to take away the run. Like they really tried to take that away. And it was a competent game plan. You know, they, they played well enough to win. If they had completed that last pass before mm-hmm. the 67 yarder by Sly, you know, they might have they might have won the game. Sly's got a huge leg. So they hit the um, distance on that 67. Yeah. He can do it, you know, and that even that one was the, the, the game winner was far, far right, but it yep. had the distance. It so, did. you know, I, I'll give them credit, you know, and I'm glad you brought up Joe Brady. I think, you know, he'll be a head coach in this league sooner rather than later, and it wouldn't have surprised me if he gave, you know, defensive coordinator a few tips on how to handle this guy. Well, the one thing about the game, too, is, is the fact that it's how teams are approaching the Chiefs, and we saw it. And the one thing we've seen with the Chiefs is making adjustments – 
in using that brain trust. I call it a four-headed monster. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, and I'm mm-hmm. throwing Patrick Mahomes in there. Listen to this. This is Andy Reid on what we're all calling Ferrari right, which dominated the headlines. Uh, you saw it. You put it on Twitter. You know what I'm talking about. Here's Andy Reid describing it. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Trez Paler Show with Trez Paler at Trez Paler on Twitter. He's the national football writer for Yahoo Sports and a Hall of Fame voter and all-around good guy. Welcome back, Trez. Hey, Bank. How you doing? Have you got a little excited there about Joe Brady, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess. You know what? We, we got bills to pay for the Trez Paler Show here, but uh, here's what I was talking about. So we talked Joe Brady and what a good offensive mind he is. I like that collection of coaches he's got. But this is Andy Reid on the Ferrari right play. We'll do this before I get into something maybe a little more negative, but here's here's the Mahomes play. You've seen enough plays. You have a pretty good feel on what time's up right. And um, and so if I see it, I, I, I can uh, normally go with it if I like it. You know, I mean, if it fits. So that, that, play, that play worked out well. It, uh, it timed up well. We had enough guys that – had a chance to catch the ball, and we had a center that felt comfortable snapping it. Um, and and Patrick um, and the guys, they go over during special teams and work on these crazy things uh, when they get a minute. And that one, uh, that one caught my eye. He's talking about the Ferrari right play that made the score fourteen to thirteen. Patrick Mahomes goes in motion. First of all, it takes a great snap by Austin Ryder because that's one of those I worry about if I was a mm-hmm. center that I would do it errantly. But here's the thing. I once sat in Andy Reid's office for an interview, and I had a play drawn up. I showed him because I want my play run. And you know what? A high school coach finally ran my trick play. I'll tell you about it later, Trez, hmm. uh, when we're, when sometime we'll, uh, this trick play I had. But I like this for a couple reasons. One, it shows the coach has trust in his players because there's a lot of coaches that just, quite frankly, don't give a damn what play you want to do or whatever. They're going to run their plays. Come hell or high water, they're not going to listen to you. It shows, shows he listens. That's one. And two, it shows how creative of a football mind. These are plays they run, Therese, when they're warming up, Andy Reid says. You know, they're not even playing. They're just over there screwing around or whatever. And he went to the tight end coach, Bob Melvin, for the for the Chiefs and asked about the, the motion. Can a quarterback go in motion? See, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just outside the box thinking. Patrick Mahomes is like having another offensive coordinator. He designed cool. that play, and Andy Reid and BNME ran with it. Yeah, and I think it shows um... – it also shows how much fun they're having, but also like just how good they are too. Because like the one of the reasons other teams can't like have fun like this and do the stuff they do is that they can't execute the basic stuff. So yeah. like they can't devote time to <laughs> stuff like that because they can't execute execute simple shot plays or slant flat concepts. You know, so um, I, I think these are the kind of things you can do though. When you do have the talent and when you do have continuity and all these guys like know the plays and the verbiage and it's the confidence that comes with executing this stuff. So like you have time to tinker because you're not just working on getting the base stuff installed and executed. You can do all that. Now you can work on the 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 like different looks off of it. So. It, it speaks to just how good they are that they can even practice stuff like that because there are a lot of teams that are still trying to get their base stuff executed well. You know, Wink Martindale once said it before a Chiefs game. It was last year. 
that Patrick Mahomes turns football games into backyard football games. That that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That that is something you design in your backyard and say, "Hey, I'm going to go in motion. I'm going to take the snap, spin around." I mean, that is the stuff you run in your backyard. And the Chiefs are doing it, which leads me into this, Therese. Harrison Butker. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's got this mind block in sports that we, we've seen before. He makes the field goals, although he missed one yesterday. But he's you know consistent kicker, drilled a 55 yarder. Mm-hmm. More teams are going for two in the NFL this year than last year, and it's by a significant margin. But not only that, they're getting them at a 50% pace. Should the Chiefs at some point to alleviate some of that pressure? Because I love the Chiefs on the two-yard line. That creativity is, I would give the Chiefs the edge over any other team in two-point conversions. So would you do that? And also, what do you think is wrong with Harrison? Well, sometimes when this kind of stuff happens, it's like a technical thing. And, you know, I know, I know Dave Tobe is, I'm sure this annoys him to no end. So like, they're really like working on it. Um, you know, I, I do think if it continues, like, yeah, maybe you do go down the road or call in a few more two point conversions. But, you know, I also think there's a, there's a world where that makes it worse. Cause like now it's in his head that they can't even attempt extra points consistently because he's having trouble with it. And I, I promise you, you know, these playoff games, they're going to like need them to make an extra point. It's, you know, in, in a crucial moment. It's almost bit them, you know, yeah. And I wouldn't want to be messing with his confidence too much, you know, and this is where like the fact they won the Super Bowl in February really helps them because I don't feel like you have to do something extreme here. Like, I think you can kind of just let them kick through it because they keep winning the pressure of, of winning a Super Bowl's off. Like, they know they can do that. He's done that, too. Like, it's just, all right, hey, get this out of your head and just get it done. And the pressure it, it doesn't, isn't really going to build up because he's already a Super Bowl champ, and these guys are Super Bowl champs. So I think you just kind of keep on going with this right now. And if it like if he has the yips to a significant degree and it gets worse, like maybe you entertain some other some other things. But um, I, I would be just trying to cultivate the confidence in his mind because when January hits, he'll you'll need him to make these, and I I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I wouldn't do a whole lot to indicate your concern at this point. No, I'm with you because, I mean, there's not, there's, first of all, Trez, you know, there's a lot, a lot of great kickers out there because the good ones are on 32 NFL teams, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the best ones out there are on them. The other ones are kind of journeymen that'll have consistency for a while and then won't at other times. This was a, this was a kick that was important. We haven't seen them really make a difference. They missed mm-hmm. extra points. This one would have made it 34-31 to 31 where a field goal just ties it, not wins it. And then plus the miss field goal, that's four points there. Well, I guess my concern would be you get in those such close situations at the end of the year, maybe against Tampa this year, maybe against mm-hmm. New Orleans, or maybe in the postseason. Pat Mahomes comes down, gets a touchdown at the end. The extra point ties it or wins it. That's when you got the pressure. Can mm-hmm. you handle that pressure in that moment? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's everything up until then has to be about making sure he has the confidence that he can do it. So I, I just personally wouldn't do a ton to to undermine it, even nope. in a minor way, because you'll need him then. And guess what? You're also going to need him for 
you're going to need him to make this 57-yard field goal at some point. Which he does. <laughs> you know, which he can do. Like, there's not a lot of kickers that have the leg to do that. You know, guys like him and Joey Sly are a little different, right? So, and Greg the leg Zerline. So, yeah, I, I'm okay with Butker, man. Like, the best thing the Chiefs have going for them is that they're just so good and they keep winning. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, when I watched their, like, press conferences, like, yesterday – they were all just in such good moods and as someone who's covered this team like before this recent run um you know you could just see how much better it is and how much looser guys are when they're just winning eight and one makes you feel good about yourself and your team so you know not to not to continue to harp on it bank but like i just think you know Trust them to get it right trust dave tobe to get it right and if something needs to change I think you can trust Dave Tobe to tell you that, but I don't think we're there yet. No, I don't either. Get this. I mean, Harrison Bucker has three kicks of 55 yards or more this year. No mm-hmm. other kickers connected on more than one. Great stat. I mean, oh, that's great. I mean, it, it, this is no, why you're my partner. That's great. But that's but the, but here's the thing, though. I mean, that's this is why you can't just say, "Well, we need another kicker. We need to bring another kicker," and that's what Twitter all want to do. You miss a kick, they want to bring somebody else in. It's like what he did against the Chargers, that's special, man. Mm-hmm. Hitting two fifty-eight yarders, getting ice, moving it back, and still draining it. That's some swag for kickers, and that is. So you know he's got it in there. Now, I don't know if you need to be, bring the best sports psychologist in, sit him down, because <laughs> this isn't Steve Sachs trying to throw it the first or yeah. Altuve's problems in the postseason, you know, throwing the second. I mean, you've got a great kicker. You just got to kind of yeah. figure it out. And I guess the other thing, Therese, only 80 yards rushing the last two weeks. We kind of brought it up. Our team's focusing on stopping the run. Personally, I would like to see the Chiefs be able to put both things together with the Me passing too. game and the running game. Because there's been games that relied on their defense. There's mm-hmm. been games. There's a lot of most of the games that relying on Pat Mahomes' arms. The Buffalo game, they relied on the running game. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. It's like golf. Some days you can chip. Some days you can putt. When you can do it all, you're a pro golfer. Yep, yep. I'm and- wanting to see what this team can do when both are working. Yeah, and but and you have to pick a little bit, right? So like when they when they built this roster, they've prioritized you know the things you got to have to like win a Super Bowl, which is two pass rushers, um, a, 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 a impact defensive back, a star quarterback, and two, three, three weapons that he can throw to, right? And oh, and a left tackle, right? And a right tackle. You need those things. So they've prioritized those things. But you know, if you want to do both. Um, you know, you kind of need to have a line that's a little bit more powerful at the point of attack. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's where they are. You know, I, I think their line's good for what they do. You know, they're a good zone blocking line. They're a good pass pro line, you know, but, but, you know, I, I, the reason that they have to do some of this, like, you know, creative tricky stuff in the red zone, because this is not, you know, like a line that's going to line up and beat you up. Now, they did it in the Super Bowl, which is actually pretty interesting. But, you know, they they, they tra- traditionally, that's kind of not who they are. So they're, 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 you're picking and choosing a little bit. You know, you're picking and choosing. Um, and I do think there's going to come a time in the playoffs where they are going to need to be able to line up and run multiple run concepts and like, get yardage because against good teams, the margin for error gets smaller, um, like you said. But... Um, you know, I, I think they've got a little time to kind of round into that, right? Yeah, I, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be excited and happy that their execution on some of these pass concepts and more importantly, sight adjustments with Kels, 
Kelsey and, and Ty are like on point because they're going to need that. And, you know, you'll see when we start rolling into December here, you're going to start seeing this run game going with the multiple run concepts that Andy likes to break out. I think yeah. that's my opinion. I agree. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to start cooking as well. Do Don't too. forget 913-576-7610, the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. If you have a question for Therese Paler at the end of the show, Therese and I look around the NFL and address your questions, so make sure you get them in. Therese, coming up next, I want to talk about something that the NFL is considering, and they'll be they'll be talking about it tomorrow in the afternoon. They had a Zoom call today and a Zoom call tomorrow about maybe expanding the playoffs and get rid of the bye. Get your opinion on that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. You can follow Therese on Twitter at Therese Paler. Used to be the beat writer for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the Kansas City Star. Now is a national uh, senior writer for uh, Yahoo Sports. Does a great podcast, NFL podcast, with Charles Robinson. He's also a pro football Hall of Fame voter. Trez, uh, COVID, every time I, I look on Twitter in the mornings, hmm. um, COVID seems to be creeping up a lot. In the National Football League, and yeah. they, they're going to put a contingency plan out. It looks like tomorrow they're going to vote on it. They discussed it today. If everything goes as planned and they could get these teams in, because a lot of teams are already having their bye week. So the bye mm-hmm. week was the first contingency plan. All right, we'll, we'll schedule their, the games. We'll move their bye weeks around. Well, when a lot of teams have those out, some of these games may not play. Same thing college football is finding out right now in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, squeezing mm-hmm. these games in. But possibility of adding a playoff team, going 18 playoff teams, mm-hmm. and no, not having a bye, getting rid of the bye. We've talked about the you know the bye. Who gets the first round bye? Uh, the Chiefs are not in having one play eight like a tournament style. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of parameters head to head. And there's I mean there's might be teams that don't finish 16 games. Right. If sure. games are postponed, and we'd have to go through a tiebreaker scenario. Actually, mm-hmm. Therese, it would cause a lot of fits. You you and I would be bad going to our maps, trying to figure out what's going on, who's playoff eligible. It would be crazy at that point. But the NFL is going to maybe vote on this about the possibility of doing this. Good idea, bad idea. I'm okay with it just for the simple fact that I understand what the league's motivation is, and you guys got to as well. You know, this is basically going to come down to something they would enact to make sure, guess what, they can continue to get money. Like, so, <laughs> you know, if they end up missing out on games played, they got to make it up somehow, right? They got rights partners, you know, TV stations that need to air games. Like, this is a way to make that up. Give them extra games to, to, to broadcast with stakes, too, playoff games. So I don't like it if it was something they would do every year because I, I, I like the buy. And I, I actually like the buy for the first two teams, but they got rid of that. Now it's just one. Um, but but in this year, honestly, Bing, I'm I'm sure you would agree with me, man. Like, I don't really care how they do it, but if we can get to a Super Bowl with most of the games getting played and a full playoffs being played in the middle of a pandemic, that is an enormous victory. And I don't I almost don't really care how they get there as long as they can kind of get there without a player or a coach or somebody getting seriously sick. And if they can manage a way to do that, even if the, the format's different than we're used to. That's a huge, huge win. Did you even like the playoffs being expanded from 12 to 14 in the first place? No, no. I, I thought I thought they had it perfect. I thought they – and too. I'd be interested to know what you think too. Like I think – I thought they had like one of the most perfect playoffs in, in, in sports. You know, like you get 
by by being one of the best two teams in your conference, you get a first round bye. Uh, high probability you're going to win that game and end up in the AFC Championship game. And if you don't win the divisional round after a bye, you don't deserve to go to the AFC or NFC Championship game. You know, I, th- I thought it was perfect. I thought it was equitable. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fair. And you know. Now they, 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 they overhauled a little bit to air more games and earn more money. And I get that. You know, this is life. You know, we're all big boys and we're all adults. We understand, you know, life comes down to leverage and, you know, it's a business. Pro football is a business, but, um, I thought it was fair and equitable and great the way it was. And I do not like that it was changed, though I understand why. I mean, since the current format back in 1990, uh, 58 teams have reached the Super Bowl with that bye. Of mm-hmm. those teams, 46 teams had a first-round bye. Only 12 of the 232 teams that played in a wild-card game reached the Super Bowl. My fear is by going to 16, and I saw it a little bit with baseball, because you had a team like the Astros make mm-hmm. the postseason with, with the losing record. Now, they, they made some damage in the playoffs. My concern is a team getting hot in the postseason that didn't deserve to be there in the first place. And here's a team that did their work, did what they're supposed to do, and all of a sudden the team gets hot and beats them because they're not going to be slouches in the postseason. That made great teams, but they're probably good teams. Oh, man. See, you and I are on the same page. Like I I mean, honestly, the most fair way baseball did it was the way they did it 30 years ago where, like, you played a whole season and there's two big divisions – in each league and those two teams go play in the the, the championship game right because like you had a playoff it's 162 games right? yeah, yeah. you know but the wild baseball is just so unpredictable um you know like you can lose like the the old three tigers could have lost could have won a five game series against a good team you know like if the right things had broken their way and and maybe that's overstating it but you get the point like it's just so it's just so baseball is just so, um, you know, unusual in the sense that like the best team doesn't all, it's unpredictable. The best team doesn't always win. And I get what you're saying. Like a team can get hot and knock off a team that's earned the right to be there. Um, the only saving grace I can see, Bink, is that, you know, football is a little more predictable than baseball, arguably a lot more. Like, you know, over the course of a 60 minute football game, generally when both teams are at, are at full health and at, are game planning the same way with the same intensity, generally the best team will win. Like that's how you had like the 72 Dolphins, um, or the Patriots, those seven Patriots who almost went undefeated. Like that's how you get that, right? But, um, it's not a guarantee and I'm all for the old system. I just hope that, um, my, my hunch is correct in the sense that hopefully, you know, football is more predictable, so we still see the great teams make it further. Because that's what we want to see. Like, don't you want to see Lamar Jackson I want to see and Patrick Mahomes yes. in the big game? I want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see a team just kind of barely get there, get to the Super Bowl, and get smoked by 40. I don't All want to right. see that. But here, here's where it stands. If teams can't get 16 games in after 18 weeks, so I, I guess by this proposal they're saying a team could have 15 games played, and then yeah. you go by tiebreaker and winning yeah. percentage and all that, that – I'm not. I'm not a fan of that, man. Yeah. Well, here, well, here's the thing too. Um, you know, the good news is that they've already kind of like slotted in the week 18 if necessary. So, like, if we get to the like, there's a chance we might not even have to get to this scenario because if there's more like uh, postponements, like they can still play week 18. Like that's something they've already prepared for. So, like, there's got to be way more postponements and cancellations to make that happen. So that's the good news. It, it would take a lot more 
than just a couple to make this happen. Do you remember back in 93 when they had two bye weeks? I do. And then they, yeah. that, that, this would have been the perfect year, in my opinion, to go yeah. ahead and do that before the season started, go back to that 1993 format. Yep, yep. And I, I thought... I thought, well, and I'll be fair too here, guys. Like, hey, listen, they needed it in 1993, okay? Like, when you, t- <laughs> you talk to these old players about the conditions they used to play in, like they, the old Chiefs, like team, the Marty teams used to talk about practicing on that cement turf. Uh, you know, like, no, ask them. If you guys ever see a former Chiefs player who played back then, ask them about the cement turf that they had to practice on and hit on, you know, twice a day sometimes. So they needed it big, you know, Um, and the game is certainly um, less barbaric in terms of practice and even on the field too. But uh, I I thought that was, that was good. And that was, that helped the quality of play because the more rest the guys are, the better the game is. Yeah, I need Andy Reid eighteen and three after the bye week. Give him an extra bye week. <laughs> see, see. As I've said, the AFC West. Andy Reid either has a mini bye week or full bye week before every AFC West road game because it's it's Thursday night games for two of them and the full bye week with the Raiders. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, the Chiefs schedule in that way. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten is our text line if you have a question for Terez Paler. But coming up next, Terez and I will go around the NFL. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Therese Paler, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter and senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. And Therese, we'll look around the NFL. Yo. All right, got to ask you about the Bills, man. People are saying after losing to the Titans, losing to the Jets, but... Rough three-game stretch because although in that Jets game they barely won 18 to 10, but they've rattled off three straight wins. They beat Seattle. However, bad defense in Seattle. Do we believe in the Bills once again? Hey, listen, I'm still gonna ride for my Bills. I'm a stand for my Bills and Josh Allen. And I think uh after the developments of the weekend, I did an MVP column last week. I'd slide him in at number five now and drop out Tom Brady. I, I think Josh Allen is um is taking care of business this year and i I think look i don't think the bills are going to win the afc but i do think they'll win a playoff game and set themselves up for a possible run next year dangerous team now this was discussed on the yahoo nfl podcast with charles robinson and yourself which is a very good good podcast and i recommend people listen to this brady versus breeze part two went the way of breeze again tom brady up down this season what did you make of that game? Because Tom Brady, he'll look great some weeks, all right? And they think, oh, man, the Bucs are the team to beat. And then he has those games where he looked lost with the three interceptions. Yeah, I'm, I'm really angry at the Bucs, to be candid. Like, I spent the last couple of weeks saying, hey, I think this is the best team in the NFC. And this was a chance for them to prove it against a team that beat them in week one in their division. So now to win their division, they're going to have to finish a game better than the Saints and for them to not just lose like that would have been fine but for the Bron- for the Bucks to completely no show was completely unacceptable you know like it was just that was ridiculous and I, it concerns me it does they were playing like one of the best defenses in football they got destroyed by the Saints a team that can't push the ball downfield I just don't understand how that happened and, and how they didn't give a better uh, effort and performance and that is something to monitor and be concerned about going forward for sure before the season i had the saints in the super bowl for the nfc i believe you did as well 
I did, yeah. And they're starting to play like it. <laughs> yeah, I just I got off the train because their complete inability to push the ball down the field is something that's going to hurt them in January. And I still don't think they're like consistently doing it. But if that's something they add to their repertoire and the secondary can plays well like they did on, on Sunday night, even though they haven't been playing well all season, you know, that's still out there for them. So they need to keep stacking those types of performances up. But, you know, my concern with them remains the same, even though I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl before the season. Dan Wetzel on Yahoo Sports had a great column, the worst defeat in Brady's history. Here's the funny thing, Terez. Pat Mahomes is still not lost by more than one possession. Now, the Raiders game was the most because it was eight points, but that's still one possession. We see these quarterbacks, and we've seen Rodgers get throttled. We've seen Brady get throttled. We've seen Breeze get throttled. That is the most crazy stat to me is Mahomes has never been beat by more than one possession. Yeah, you guys wonder why I called him John Wick. You know, he's you the go. boogeyman for the rest of the NFL. You can't, you can't stop this guy. You can't beat this guy. He threw fifty touchdowns, and he wasn't. He admitted he didn't fully understand what he was doing. Like, guys, Patrick Mahomes is gonna have probably the greatest season for a quarterback in NFL history when he's like twenty-seven or twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Like, those are statistically the seasons when quarterbacks have their best year. Nothing's off the table for him. Like 60 touchdowns. Like what? The, the season he, whatever his career best season's going to be, is going to be something we've never seen before. You know what? I look at, I, I kind of liken the, the Patrick Mahomes MVP season a little bit to the uh, Russell Wilson season this year, meaning go out there and score every single time. That defense gives up 30 points a game, so Russ is going to have these big-time numbers because he has the score. That's, that, that is a huge difference to me, Therese. Mahomes doesn't have to do this. He's got a defense giving up 19 a game, right? Yeah, you got that right. Seattle's defense Same season. stinks. Yeah. Uh, oh, it stinks. Like, those guys, you know, they can't stop the run. Um, and here's a, the most disconcerting thing is, like, Jamal Adams was back in this game. And they had Carlos Dunlap, and they just they got destroyed. Pete Carroll even admitted, like, we thought they were going to run the ball more, and they just didn't. They just threw the ball on us. So Seattle's defense remains a significant Achilles heel, even though I do think it's the reason that if Russell Wilson wins the MVP, that would be a big reason why, because they'll <laughs> yeah. have to throw for 50 touchdowns. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, he's on pace to throw for more interceptions than Patrick is, and if they both get, like, around the same number – it's going to be very tough yeah. to ignore like Mahomes' 49 touchdown, four interception season for like a 14 and two team. And Mahomes lost by scoring 50 and 40 in that 2018 season. Reminds me very much of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this year. All right, Therese, you had an article on Yahoo about Tarek or Tariq Cohen's. His tweet, he wasn't happy. He's watching the game, he's, he's injured, wasn't happy. Is there really a push to go back to Mitch Trubisky? Or are they all having this? Fear, you, you you pointed out that Mahomes probably wasn't going to be the option for the Bears. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but Deshaun Watson could have been. No no excuse for them passing on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky in twenty sixteen, and he's been better every year since then. They played in the same conference. There was no excuse for it. And after what Deshaun Watson did in the in the. Uh, championship game that was an easy pick for the Bears that was the pick they should have made no one would have blinked an eye instead they moved up for Trubisky who'd only started for a year and now they got to deal with it you know now they need another quarterback because as I pointed out in this column you know I still believe in Matt Nagy like I think he's a good coach and I think he knows what he's doing I think the problem is their offensive line stinks 
And that's a problem for a pocket passer like Nick Foles. Like Nick Foles needs a solid pass protecting line and a strong run game to play action off that and use his arm talent for vertical shots. He, they can't run the ball and they can't protect him. So he is a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky, but you're seeing Bear fans. I'm, ser I'm serious. You're seeing Bear fans tweeting at Trubisky saying, we're sorry, heal up, come back. And it's like, that's where they're at right now in Chicago. That's what happens when you miss on the quarterback. That That's what happened. Like, warning sign to Washington and uh, Jacksonville and the Jets, like you better make sure you choose the right quarterback because in four years, in next year's draft, because in four years, if you don't, your fans will be be rooting for, we calling for a guy that got benched two games into the season. The team was five and one. And now they find themselves five and four. How about our old guy, Alex Smith, a guy that you covered a lot in Kansas oh, City? great. 300 yards, did have the three picks in the game, but the Kyle Allen, the unfortunate injury he had, we could see Alex Smith starting again. The comeback player of the year should be renamed after him, but he'll win it this year. But how about old Alex? Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to see a lot of Alex because I think they got seven or eight games left. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he looked think, good, uh, though. He's moving around good, you know? You know, the, the touchdown throw he made was impressive. So he's just kind of got to get back into it, right? A couple interceptions, three, I think. And, you know, he'll round in the form. But I, I'm going to be honest, too. You know, that's a lot of games for him to play with uh, coming off the injury he is. You know, if I'm Dwayne Haskins, I need to be getting ready to play because they invested a high pick in that guy for this to be year two and then just be done with him. Like, if you're Dwayne Haskins, you need to do whatever it takes to, like, get one more look in December because it is very possible that he might have an opportunity to play again. And, like, if you want to redeem yourself, you got to show that you handled that like a an, an adult and that you're better for it. And that's a great story that many people, including myself, would love to write. So if you're Haskins, now you make sure you get ready because you got a chance to stick it to people. That's true. Also, what's, we got a great game yesterday between Kyler Murray and, and going oh. between Tua. Now, this was a game, the first ever game between two quarterbacks wearing the number one. Also involves the 2018 Heisman Trophy. Kyler Murray was number one. Tua was number two. The Dolphins, are they looking legit or what with Brian Flores? Yeah, I think the Dolphins and the Cardinals both are really good young teams with fun young quarterbacks. It's going to be great watching both of them develop over the next few years. Um, uh, you know, I, I, look, I did my MVP con. I think Kyler Murray's third. I think he's right in the mix, you know, right behind Mahomes and Russell. Russell Wilson, so um, he's good. And also seeing Tua make some plays was impressive. So a lot of great, young, creative quarterbacks in the NFL and league would be better for it. If the playoffs stayed the way it is, where you get the one by, Chiefs fans really pulling for the Dallas Cowboys and Garrett Gilbert. Two words <laughs> I never thought I would say to pull off the W against the Steelers. But, you know, the NFL, weird things can happen, but the Steelers able to win it. Very surprising game in Big D. Are the Steelers, is this a team we're buying into that was just a slip up, a blip on the radar oh, yeah. for the Steelers? Oh, yeah. Like, I, this game doesn't mean anything to me as long as they win. Like, you know they weren't calling their best stuff. Like, they, they didn't take Dallas seriously. So, like, they're okay. Like, as long as they win, it's fine. You know, Pittsburgh is good. Trust me. They can rush the passer with four like we keep talking about. Hell, they can rush with three. 
and then their offense is, is good and multiple and varied. So the Steelers are a worthy contender for the AFC and a team the Chiefs have to contend with to get back to the Super Bowl. All right, so get the Chargers real, real quick, Therese. Do you believe in the Raiders, or does Anthony Lynn need to find a way to win? I'm telling you, if that job opens in L.A., and I like Anthony Lynn and what he can do, but let's face it, if he is let go, because you got to win football games, it's a business, this league. Eric Bieniemy with Herbert. I don't think Bieniemy would go there just because he'd be in the division and face the Chiefs twice, but it would be an attractive job if it came open. It would be an attractive job if it came open because Herbert's really talented and there's talent around him and they have two edge rushers already. So it's kind of plug and play with some really good pieces on defense. They do need to find a way to win. But I, I, I really like where the Chargers are kind of at in their development. Um, now, my, my opinion of where they're at did take a hit when they lost to Denver last week because I've been kind of saying I, I didn't know where Denver was. I, I mean, I kind of thought they were worse off than any other team in this division but them beating the Chargers matters but I, I do think the Raiders are very very clearly the second best team in this division and a team that's got a chance because you asked about them I think they got a chance to make the playoffs all right here's a question from one of our texters Trez at 913-576-7610 are you hinted around at your MVP who's number one and number two at this point Trez uh, before this weekend's slate of games, I had Russell number one, Russell Wilson number one, because he had 59. He was on pace to throw 59 touchdown passes. Very bad. Um, in Mahomes, that's a lot. And then Mahomes was number two because he was on pace to throw 44 touchdown passes with two interceptions. Um, I'm still going to put Russell Wilson number one because his defense stinks and they're probably going to win the toughest division in football. But I'm going to tell you this. Patrick Mahomes is number two with a bullet, and it is very close right now. Mm. That's the Therese Paler show for tonight. Give Therese a follow at Therese Paler on Twitter. Senior right. Look at his stuff on Yahoo. It's very good stuff. Therese, good night. We'll see you later. Hey, appreciate it as always, man. Great show. Thank you. Thanks, Nick Price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.